Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope some of you have stayed on from my show that was between two and three. If you have, thank you very much. And if you are new, this is also a new show. So it's new to you. It's new to us. This particular show we've called Uplifting LGBTQIA Narratives, Transcending Together. This is a show that's jointly hosted between myself and my very able co-host, Lee. And I'm going to hand over to Lee now for her to introduce herself and take us into the show. Hey, Julie. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Lee. I'm an, a spirited South African expat with an unwavering passion for post personal growth, self-discovery and helping others. I've uh, qualified as a NLP practitioner, a certified life coach, as well as a hypnotherapist. And it is my mission to not only help people overcome their deepest fears, traumas, and subconscious limitations, but also to inspire them to embrace the best vision of themselves. So in Transcending Together, Uplifting LGBTQIA plus narratives, we're all about embracing the spectrum, uniting voices, and celebrating diversity. And today's episode is entitled The Silent Genocide, Defending Transgender Identity and Rights in the UK. Okay, so today what we want to do is put under the microscope um, the 10 stages of genocide and how they apply to the transgender community in the UK. Julie, I wonder if you can give us an overview of these stages and how they're relevant to the transgender community in the UK. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Lee. Well, actually, I put together an article about this, which you can find on my blog um, a short while ago, because this was really bothering me. Now, there was um, a gentleman called Gregory Stanton, who came, uh, he was the founding president of Genocide Watch. And uh, he did a study on how um, explaining how genocides occur and what was it that what could we could we have known that this was going to happen uh, with a view to hopefully preventing them in the future. Now he came up with did we say ten stages? I think there's ten eight. Stages. Okay. Um, oh, it was formerly eight. Now it's ten. Ten. Okay, so they're a little bit more nuanced now, but at at a high level. Those stages are classification, symbolization, discrimination, dehumanization, organization, polarization, preparation, and uh, persecution, extermination, and finally, denial. So a lot of shins in there. <laughs> uh, it's the only funny thing about that list, really. Um, Okay, so when I was looking at this list and when I wrote this article a month or so ago, I went through where we are with all of the stuff that's going on at the moment. And um, I'm not going to spoil it, but there is a problem here. And uh, um, I think it's something that we need to talk about and we need to be talking about more. Is there anything you want to drop in there, Lee, before we move on? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a concerning realization in terms of doing a, a deeper dive into the current state of transgender rights in the UK and how we can uh, see these actually these different stages 
manifesting in our society today. Where, where do you think we are on, in terms of um, what stage, as classified by Gregory, are we at? Well, I wouldn't want to spoil it. <laughs> okay. So I, I think we'll get to that. And what I'm hoping is people will listen to the evidence and hopefully by the end of it agree with us. Um, but we're not in a good place. You know, that's the clip notes if you'd like them. You know, I think probably the best place to start is at the beginning, as they say. Um, so if we just loop back and we look at stage one, which is classification, the characteristics of classification are where the people, the mass of the community, are divided into them and us. And obviously, there's a lot of talk in the media at the moment about othering and people in dinghies and all of these other things, which are obviously dog whistles to attract away from the absolutely terrible manner in which the conservatives are running our country. About two months ago, the incoming chairman of the LGB of, of the Conservative Party um, actually said the only way the Conservatives could win the next election was through a culture war. And now we're in a culture war and everybody's saying, oh, my goodness, we're in such a culture war. Well, they told us that's what they were going to do. And that's what they've done. The danger with this is that by sparking this culture war at a time when people are struggling, they don't know if they're going to make it to the end of the month on the, on the limited resources that they have. And that is really when... A, and a community is primed to go um, off and and um, start start getting violent. And you know, there's an old saying that when people have nothing left to lose, they lose it. And I I kind of feel like we're getting there. I mean, um, we're almost at a point where people are saying, "Well, arrest me because at least I'll have three meals a day and somewhere to sleep at night." And it's as desperate as that, but. And and I don't think necessarily that would be such a deterrent in the current environment. But if we go back and we have a look at this thing um, about people are divided into them and us, I think the first thing we need to address is the LGB alliance and their new spin-off splinter type group called the Lesbian Project. Now, they are very specific about saying that trans women are not women. They've even gone so far as calling trans women trans-identifying males. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to give her any airtime, but everybody knows who I'm talking about with her, you know, adult human female T-shirts and all the rest of it. At least she did get kicked out of, well, she wasn't kicked out of New Zealand and Australia, but they certainly didn't give her a warm welcome. Um, and we ought to take a leaf out of their book, actually. So they want to take the T out of the LGBTQA+. Um, and can I just float something here? Um, LGBTQA, IAA+, um, I prefer quilt bag. It's got all the same letters in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it easier to remember. Nice. <laughs> so I think from now on, we're just going to say quilt bag. Quilt I hope bag. nobody's offended by that. It's got all the same letters, just organized in a, in a nice and easy word. So that's the first thing. 
they are absolutely vociferous that trans women are not women and are not entitled to women's rights. Um, equally, um, on transgender men, their, their view is that, oh, transgender men are simply butch lesbians who have been groomed by mermaids in Stonewall to believe they are transgender men. And they're quite vile in terms of how they attack transgender uh, men, you know, uh, talking about them mutilating their bodies and trying um, to think what, what uh, uh, sterilizing themselves and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, they're very much like, well, if you take your womb out or, or you sterilize yourself, which you effectively do when you go on to testosterone, they're saying, you know, that's abhorrent and, and some sort of crazy, crazy town stuff. So on their own website, so this is quoting their words, they say, we work to protect children from harmful, unscientific ideologies that may lead them to believe either their personality or their body is in need of changing. They go on to say, any child growing up to be lesbian, gay, or bisexual has the right to be happy and confident about their sexuality and who they are. So they see a gender binary. There are only men or women. Men can love men. Women can love women. They can love one of the both types at the same time. But they are still rigid in this overarching philosophy that there are only the two genders. So that's the first aspect of this, which I think we need to talk about, which is really quite scary. We're about to run into a commercial break, so I'm not going to go on to my next point just yet. But Lee, in about 30 seconds, do you want to some, say anything before we cut away? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, as a lesbian woman and part of the community, I find these developments deeply troubling and I think there's an urgent need to highlight this because, um, you know, we, we need to all come together and, and support our brothers and sisters in this in this struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Protect the rights and, and protect and defend the rights of, of, of transgender pe people in the UK specifically, but, um, you know, sort of like globally as well as, as a community. Yeah, I think I'd like to make sure I've dug my own trenches first, though. But yes, we do need yeah. to think about it from a global perspective as well. Okay, we're going to cut away now. Um, we'll see you after the commercial break. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Trans Sober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Looking for business cards? Flyers? In fact, anything in print? We can help. Digital format specialists, www.printsmart.uk.com. Think smart, print smart. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. 
Trans Radio UK, a global radio station. The whole LGBTQ plus community can be proud of. Are you looking for an intimate and affordable graphic design service? Are you an indie author needing help to publish your book? Theodora Rosenberg is here to help. With packages for marketing, publishing and branding available, you're sure to be satisfied. Find out more at authortheorose.com Trans Radio UK is on. Right now. Across the UK and beyond. Now. Now. More of the music you love. Trans Radio UK. And welcome back, everybody. Continuing our discussion on the silent genocide and what to do about it. So we've delved into the the background um, and and the research, Julie, that you did for your blog article, and uh, we've we've touched briefly on on those points, and then um, we did a fantastic introduction to that on the previous segment. And now I'd just like to explore that a bit further and um, just have a look at other examples where, as particularly from your experience, it, other areas that are impacting on on your life in, in general. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Lee. Yeah. So we, we talked <clears throat> about how um, there's a wedge being driven into our rainbow community. And that's, that's for, from my perspective, extremely insidious because in that case you know to use the horror the horror movie trope uh the phone calls coming from inside the house there are other aspects as well so you know there's now been a clean sweep of of practically every single sport in this country has banned trans women from participating in the women's category so just just to rattle off some of those we've got rugby swimming cycling athletics Mm -hmm. They've all enacted bans and they've all placed, whereas um, previously some of them had rules around if you transition before puberty, you could still participate. But of course, in this country, you can't take gender affirming hormones uh, until you're 18. So it's a moot point. So effectively, yeah, they, uh, they just realized it was a moot point and said, fine, you just have to have been female, assigned female at birth. Now, I, I think with rugby, swimming and cycling and athletics, you uh, can understand that there is a need for a debate and a discussion. Sadly, up until now, all of those discussions have taken place absent any transgender representatives at the table. But what I find so crazy about this is they uh, they made a run at British angling. They They tried to ban a trans woman from representing Team team GB at fishing. Billiards. Someone was complaining um, that on on her park run, which is a social run, you're you're competing against yourself. It's about beating your personal best. They were complaining that there are women, trans women running in the women's category. Archery was another one. I mean, give them half a chance. They'll probably ban us from tiddlywinks as well. So, you know, I've been at pains to stress, you know, we need to have a discussion about this, but you can't have it without us in the room. And, you know, that that's one of my biggest issues with this. But it's like now that's like a second 
classification, if you like. And I mean, as things currently stand, a young trans girl, so someone in high school, will not be able to play any sport at all. Um, they'll be told, well, you can play with the boys, but that's extremely unfair. So, so yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's pretty uh, beguiling. Just before we close out this uh, section on classification, uh, one final point, and that is that obviously um, we've got this thing going on at the moment with uh, um, what they call a human rights watchdog. It's more like an attack dog, actually. The um, Equality and Human Rights Commission, which actually a lot of people don't understand, reports into the Cabinet Office. It's not an independent body. Um, it's an extension of central government. And therefore, obviously, whatever recommendations they come up with, they're uh, just going to go with those, aren't they? Because, you know, it's it's all from inside the same house. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's just we as a population, transgender people in the United Kingdom represent 0.01% not three six nine percent of the population my point here is we're not only a minority we are a micro minority and it makes it very easy for people to classify us that which is what they want to do they probably want us to go around with armbands that have a t on it uh which we might as well if if they carry on this way because it, it's not going to be any easier one way or the other so so yeah that's that's stage one classification um i think there's a firm tick in that box what do you think i i would agree i would agree and i think one of the points that you you touched on um that stood out for me was um, obviously um, you 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 spoke about the the banning of of, of trans women in particular for for sport but what you touched on um, was the the young trans girls that uh, should be playing sport you know that's been taken away from them and yeah. sport let's be honest is essential for a variety of reasons they they pro yeah, promote physical health. physical and mental health and well-being and it helps to build confidence and resilience and and a sense of belonging teamwork and it's quite alarming that that is just being like taken away from those girls in, in those situations yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just think back to that, that beautiful young soul, Brianna Gay, who was yes. murdered. And I mean, I don't know if she was into sport or not. So I don't want to transfer upon her my idea of what a teenage girl should be doing. But I, I just couldn't, I can't help but think that had she been a member of a sports team exactly. or had had something like that, Maybe she wouldn't have been alone in a park on a Saturday afternoon. So whether or not she was interested in sport, I don't know. And I don't speak for her. However, I do think we need to think about all the others like um, her who would love to play sport, would love to participate, but are now effectively prevented from doing so, which I find extremely disingenuous. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it sends a, a dangerous message that, um, you know, you're not deserving of equal treatment and opportunities. 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's especially scary. Oh, it's a heavy subject, this, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Really ex- <laughs> I'm exhausted already and we're only on number one. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump quickly on to number two then. You know, I'm laughing because I'm hysterical, not because I think it's funny. But um, yeah. Um, exas- exasperated. Exasperated, maybe. <laughs> okay, so category two is symbolization. And this is when... Combined with hatred, symbols may be forced upon unwilling members of a pariah group. It's a little bit hard to state whether that's clear or not. I mean, I talked about wearing an an armband with a T on. I mean, obviously, that would be (laughs) a bit in your face. But I do think that being transgender is being used to some... They're using trans genderism if that's the right word to symbolize certain things so i mean if you think about it many nefarious actors don the cloak of transgenderism uh, in an attempt to receive leniency from the state so and then what happens is the nefarious actors end up being used to paste all with the same brush which is what happened with isla bryson and i think my most I think the key point I'd like to leave this segment on is the idea that you cannot possibly judge an entire community by the worst members of that community. Because if that were true, then every cisgendered female lesbian is a serial killer because Eileen Warnos was a white cisgendered female lesbian. That's, that's what they're saying here. And they're saying because Isla Bryson was a rapist, all trans people are racist. And I'm saying, well, Eileen Warnos was a serial killer. So, boom, all lesbians are serial killers. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's painting absurd. everyone with the same tar brush, isn't it? When, when yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Okay, we're going to duck away for another quick message from our sponsors, and we'll be back in a few. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Do you need someone to talk to? On your own. Feel you have no one that will listen. It doesn't have to be that way. because everyone needs to talk sometime. Call 0800-009-6640 between 8am and 2am. Truck listens because everybody needs to talk sometime. 
Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info at transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK. The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK. And welcome back, everybody. So in our last segment, we were talking about uh, how it is essential for transgender individuals to have access to the same opportunities as everyone else, in particular um, in terms of sport and leading uh, fulfilling lives. But we must remember that the fight for transgender rights in sports is just one aspect of a larger battle for equal rights and recognition. Julie, I'm gonna come back to you now so that we can continue hearing from your perspective and personal experience. Thanks, Lee. So, yeah, so I was just talking about painting an entire community with the same brush and there's just one final point to make on that really and that is that people like Isla Bryson what they don't tell you in the media is that they were they identified as male when they committed those crimes those rapes those rapes took place in a domestic situation so effectively when the rape took place it was a man taking a woman to a domestic situation and raping her there. This doesn't in any way diminish, obviously, the pain and hurt that that he caused. And I'm saying he because he was a he then. He then decides to come out as transgender, but it wasn't a transgender person that committed those crimes. It was a cisgendered male who then later came out as transgender, possibly because they thought the penal system would be more um, lenient, you know, sentencing them as a woman. But obviously, you know, they've never been people who say that there's leniency in going to a women's prison. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of ex-convicts who might disagree uh, with that (laughs) attestation. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Heavy stuff, this. it's uh, I th- we could have chosen an easier topic for our first show, Lee. I mean, I know I suggested it, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stage three is discrimination, and this is where law or cultural power excludes groups from full civil rights, segregation or apartheid laws, denial of voting rights, etc. Now, obviously, we're here. We cannot, as a community, ignore the fact that. If the Conservative Party goes ahead with changing the uh, Equality Act of 2010, it will cause a snowball of unbundling of a whole lot of legislation, not limited to obviously a gender recognition certificate, because to to get a gender recognition certificate, you have to demonstrate that you have been living in the gender to which you want to be recognized as and that obviously means living as a woman if you're a trans woman or living as a man if you're a trans man so undoing the equality act or changing the equality act to biological gender 
will have a snowball effect on, on many, many other aspects of rights. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they can't change the Equality Act because of the snowball effect. But actually, I think that's a feature, not a bug. I think I'm scared that that's actually what they want to do. So we are very much in a place where transgender people, now for a lot of trans men, and um, and I don't want to sound disingenuous, but a trans man is very unlikely to be challenged when using a public bathroom, a male public bathroom, because they aren't perceived as a threat. Perhaps potentially it could open them up to other aspects of, of abuse. However, I think they're more likely to pass in that situation. Um, and also, I mean, anyone who's been to a music festival or tried to go to the loo during Brighton Pride, <laughs> you you all know that, you know, if um if there's a cubicle in the in the men's loos, we all use that, right? And obviously it's a crowded situation, so you you're probably fairly safe. The inverse is not true, however, for trans women, because if trans women are forced out of public female loos, then they're going to have to go into the men's loo. And there is an extremely dangerous and risky situation for a trans woman. And even if it is just verbal abuse, it's abuse. It's happening, obviously, in the confines of a, of a closed space. Um, I just think the risk, you know, when, when, they, when they talk about law or cultural power excluding groups from full civil rights, that is specifically what the Equality and Human Rights Commission is asking the government to do. So the, this one's just a slam dunk. So I don't think I need to, to belabor it at all. If anyone would like a link to my blog where this full article is, just put a note in the chat and um, I will, um, I'll give you the specific link and I'll give you the name. I'll, I'll tell you the name of my blog at the end of this, um, at the end of our, um, at the end of our show. Okay. So, oh, before I move on, is, is there anything you wanted to add on that one, Lee? I mean, I think you, you, you touched on a, on a sort of like a, a, a point that tugged on my, my heartstrings when you mentioned, you know, the, the clear and present danger of a trans woman being forced to go into a male toilet. I mean, I, I think you don't, you don't really understand what somebody's going through until you walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah. And yeah, I think that just really touched my heart personally because as as a as a woman myself, I would feel terribly insecure if I was forced for some reason to use a male bathroom. I, I would feel really, really insecure. It's it's a dangerous place to go. So yeah, that, yeah. that really just that uh hit a sore point for me. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine um train station late at night? coming home from work and you need the loo, very yeah. dangerous, very, very dangerous situation. Indeed. Um, and like I say, you know, people say, oh, the government wouldn't do it because of that. No, they would. Um, and we need to stop giving them uh, more credit than they do. So number four is dehumanization. And this is where one group denies the humanity of the other group. Members of it are equated with animals, vermin, insects, or diseases. I don't think we have to look very far 
<laughs> in our own media, we as transgender people are being told we're confused, we mutilate our bodies, they accuse us of being groomers of children. And one of the things that actually came up recently is that the, the Council of Europe singled out Hungary, Poland, Russia, and the UK for threatening advances to LGBT rights. What a lovely crowd to be with, huh? Yeah. And what they said in their report was, says the Council of Europe has approved a report by the Parliamentary Assembly, which condemns extensive and often virulent attacks on the rights of LGBTQI people in a number of European countries. And as I said, um, they singled out Hungary, Poland, Russia, Turkey, and the United States, uh, United Kingdom. So ain't that lovely? that we're in such a esteemed group of countries. So it's, yeah. It's shocking really. That that is that is truly, you know, you you think of the UK being, you know, a leader of the world, being a first world country and to be put into the same basket. It's it's just truly shocking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And no disrespect to obviously wonderful people who come from those countries <laughs> now that i think about it that was maybe a little bit um, uh, anglo-centric i guess so my apologies actually to everybody from every single one of those countries i'm sure there's lovely people as there are in this country too but unfortunately they're not the loudest shouters are they i think just a final point on this uh before we go into the next break and and this is really scary so According to the Human Rights Council, the average number of tweets per day using slurs such as groomer and pedophile in relation to LGBTQA plus people surged by 406% in the month after the Florida bill was passed. That's the uh, Don't Say Gay bill, uh, resulting in a sharp spike in online homophobia and transphobia that social media platforms not only failed to crack down on, but also profited from. I'll leave you with that to think about during the next commercial break. Um, and we'll be back on the other side. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. If you're transgender, feeling lonely and don't think there's any help available, well, now Transradio UK have Truck Listens, a confidential phone service just for you on 0800 009 6640. Talk for some time and you're feeling good. It's gone so much better than you thought it would. Go on, make that call. It's a small price. To talk to someone who's both sympathetic and empathetic, call Truck Listens. 0800 009 6640. Truck Listen, 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 listen. 
Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info at transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK. The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, everybody. As we continue this discussion on the silent genocide that's taking place in our transgender community. Julie, can you just um, do a quick recap as to the the points that we've, we've covered and then... Um, you could just mention the uh, remaining ones that we want to focus on in this segment. Okay, so so far we've demonstrated we've got a tick against stage one classification. We've got a stick against a stick a tick against stage two symbolization. We've got a tick against stage three, which is discrimination, and a tick against four, which is dehumanization. That's what we were talking about just before we went into break. Now, the next four kind of meld with each other because they they kind of work together. So briefly, we've got organization, which is special army units or militias are often trained and armed. So that's five. Six is polarization where leaders are arrested and murdered, laws erode fundamental civil rights and liberties. And so that's polarization. Seven is preparation, which is victims are identified and separated because of their identity. We then have persecution, which is forced uh, expropriation, forced displacement, ghettos, concentration camps. Then there's extermination. And then 10, just to remind you, is denial. That's like, what? what we, we were just trying to do the right thing, man. Okay, so we loop back and we have a look at polarization. So in this scenario, what, what they're talking about is they're saying, you know, people will get arrested, possibly even murdered by the state. It's kind of, I think to a certain extent, we're fortunate here, and this this ties back into organized militias obviously (laughs) we're not america thank goodness but we do have the highest knife crime in western society and there was a case just this last week of a transgender woman being stabbed so it's not to say that they're not organized the question is are they organizing and you know clearly um, there's a lot of sympathy between the LGBA and right-wing extremists, as we saw in Australia. So they have a a common rallying call here, if you like. So I think definitely in terms of getting organized, I don't think they're organized yet, but goodness only knows what they are getting up to in the shadows. So, So I think definitely... We need to be aware that they are getting organized. In terms of polarization, the LGB alliance has disrupted a number of Pride events. Um, so Cardiff last year, London a few years ago, 
I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when at at the various pride parades this year. Going to the London one with with Trans Radio, we'll be there. Obviously, we've got Trans Pride, and Trans Radio is very proud to be there as well. And then we've got Brighton Pride. So it's going to be very interesting to see what all happens over Pride season. And I think that will give us a bit of a indication in terms of how. Yeah, and I'll I'll just um, quickly chip in here quickly. Um, it's it's the propaganda, isn't it, that is used to further divide and, and separate groups that is becoming more and more in the mainstream. And it's just increasing the animosity, you know, the, the fear form. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. On a lighter note, whenever someone uses the word propaganda, I always just think that's the it's the uh, Cockney definition of taking a good look. You've mm. got to have a propaganda at it. Propaganda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, that's it. You know, with with almost ninety nine percent of the media against the trans community, it's it's actually quite hard to see how. We, we overcome it at this point. And I, I don't want to get everyone down. We'll, we'll spend a few minutes at the end, maybe just reflecting on what we think we might be able to do about it. But yeah, so that that's polarization. Preparation, this is when they, they plan mass killings. Fortunately, I don't think we're here. You know, we are fortunate to live in a relatively safe environment. But the thing is, though, that genocide is nuanced. There's actually four, is it four, five? There's, there's five definitions under the Geneva Convention which, which refer to killing, if you like. So they talk about killing members of the group, so that's fairly obvious. They include causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of a group, so we need to consider that deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction. And we've covered examples of where that's happening. Imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. It's an interesting one, that, because to a certain extent, we self-sterilize when we transition. So that's an interesting one. Probably needs to be thought about a little bit. The other one is forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. I don't think it's beyond the, the realms of possibility that these nasty, nasty people would try to find a definition of child abuse and send child services down if one or other of the parents chose to transition. Persecution, they say about persecution, expropriation, forced displacement, ghettos and concentration camps. Don't think we're there yet. <laughs> Extermination. And finally, stage 10, which is denial, um, where the perpetrators deny that any crimes were ever committed. So when I wrote this article, I, I came to the conclusion that we we probably somewhere between seven and eight. And I think that's, you know, that's something which we really need to dwell upon and, and think, okay, so what do we do? Because I do think there is a case to be made here that there is a silent genocide going on. So the idea here is, you know, I, I don't want people to to be all despondent and that's um, not what the show is about. This is about recognizing where yeah. we're at. Now, we're yeah. going to dive into a quick break and then we're going to um, come back and Lee's being the therapist between us. She's going to have some thoughts on what we might do um, about this. 
The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK. And welcome back. So hopefully we can move the show onto a bit of a positive frame before we we come to the end. And Lee's going to talk to us a little bit about from the therapy therapist side, what she thinks we should be doing. Over to you, Lee. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, today's today's conversation was insightful and it was heartfelt and quite a heavy one. So I'd just like to leave our listeners with some words of encouragement and inspiration. Your journey is unique with all its twists and turns, but it's valuable as well. Your experiences and your emotions are not only valid, but also serve as a testament to your strength and resilience. And I think it's important to acknowledge what trans people in the UK are going through. Get to know one, if you like. Get to know a trans person, you know, and don't rely on what you've been told in the media. Yeah, can, can we say hug a trans person? <laughs> oh, not without their permission. Personal <laughs> boundaries. um but you know what I mean it's it's just like that that acknowledgement that those those conversations yeah and Um, I think just embracing your truth and remember that at the end of the day we are all human beings and we're deserving of love and acceptance and respect just the way you are and I think it becomes even more crucial in the face of adversity from a mental health point of view to really practice self-care and to prioritize your mental and emotional well-being. And also just creating a nurturing environment for yourself, surrounded, surrounding yourself with supportive community of individuals who can uplift you and empower you and seek out safe spaces where you can express yourselves freely, grow and heal in your journey towards self-acceptance and self-love yeah that's great i'm going to challenge you on that though what what's a tangible next step you know i I think those things that you've talked about are really valuable and and we do have a lot of those um you know what i'm talking about here is an existential threat literally a threat to our very existence and it sounds it seems very overwhelming like oh my god we're seven out of ten um how do we overcome this? And when we've worked together before, you've taken me through a process of, you know, just trying to figure out what's, yeah, there's a, there's a mountain to climb, but yeah, maybe talk a little bit about that, that process of how do we just get to that first step? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, in terms of the the mountain to climb, it, it reminds me of, um, the story how do you eat an elephant one mouth at a time one mouthful at a time and I think (laughs) with a very big knife and fork (laughs) it's it's along those same lines isn't it yes if you look at it there is a big mountain to climb but if you look at it in terms of taking small steps day by day to to grow momentum so what's the next step what would you say is the very I, next I think thing the, we need to do. I think the very next thing is 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 acknowledgement. 
acknowledgement of as you you said it there is a uh an exec an existential ex existential <laughs> i think it's the acknowledgement that there is an existential threat to france people in the the uk yeah yeah it's it's kind of um overcoming addiction 101 or or you know just about any self help things is you know start start with the acknowledgement and i think that's that's pretty much what i just wanted to leave everybody with is we need to as a community acknowledge where we're at and that there is a clear and present danger and the trans community needs everyone in our rainbow in our rainbow club, if you like, um, we have to be together on this. And as Lee said, um, if you have preconceived notions, you know, because there are some gay men who don't understand trans people and there are gay women who don't understand trans people. But as Lee said, get to know one. We're just people. And if we can't bring our own community together, you know, then, then we've got a really big problem. And, and I think as well, you know, it's almost like a bellwether, if you like. If if they do succeed in taking the tea out, are we sure they're going to stop there? That's something to think about for the people who don't identify as trans. And on that, we're going to leave it there. I really hope you've enjoyed this show, this format. Hopefully, our next topic will be more uplifting. But this is something that I desperately wanted to get off my chest and uh, Lee very kindly allowed us to open our show with this particular topic. So with that, it's a goodbye from me and Lee. Yes, and it's a goodbye from me. And remember, together, we can make a difference. Thanks for listening. One final message before I let you go. Please make sure you stick around for Miss Genius Unorthodox Jukebox coming up after the news. And um, I'm going to play you out with Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush. Don't give up. See you all next week.
Don't 